Dra. Hi, Idaho Dems, and welcome back to another episode of ID Pod, where we talk about Idaho politics and how it affects you, the voter. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Shelby. And today we're joined by Councilwoman Lauren McLean, who is a mayoral candidate for Boise and will be in the runoff election on December 3rd. We talk with Lauren about her career, uh, her campaign, and why she wants to be Boise's mayor. And uh, this podcast is going to be a two-parter. We're going to have the second uh, podcast with Mayor Dave Beter, who's also in the runoff. Uh, We'll be dropping soon. And just a reminder for those in Boise, uh, the runoff election will be on December 3rd, and early voting has started. So if you uh, would like more information on the runoff election, please visit idahodems.org slash runoff. So we ask all of our guests this question. What is your favorite potato dish? Ooh, my favorite potato dish. (laughs) Everybody knows I love potatoes. I'd have to say I'm torn between tater tots and french fries with really good fry sauce. Yeah, I really, I biked by Big Judd's today and it smelled like tater tots. And I really wanted to stop as I was riding up the hill. <laughs> but I had to get here, so I didn't. Tater tots with fry sauce is just so good. Tots are delicious. I love tots. Nice fried. Never get tired of those. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish there was a bitmoji that was a tater tot. You can get a potato oh, bitmoji, yeah. but you can't get a tater tot tater bitmoji. Tot yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just imagining my face now in a tater tot. And it's I know. Okay. <laughs> Lauren, so tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your campaign. Sure. Well, I've been campaigning for mayor since May. It's been really an incredible experience. Talked to tons and tons of people around this community about the future of our city. And, you know, a little bit about me is for 20, I moved here right out of college in 1998, so almost 22 years ago. And most of the time that I've been here, my work has been centered on engaging people in issues and policy ideas that they care deeply about to impact our community. So the the campaign in many ways has been an extension of that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, Give me a little brief summary of your time as an elected official. So I have been an elected official for eight years as a member of the city council and have was appointed and then have run twice unopposed, which is a funny thing to be campaigning and really it's just talking at that point and have found, you know, as a city council member, have worked on, I've worked on a whole bunch of different issues from equality and human rights to sustainability, climate change, clean energy policy, really believing and am passionate about the intersection of the environment and our economy and how we create, you know, from policy decisions and planning and zoning decisions, a city for the 21st century. Well, and that's such a important thing about Boise and why you decided to move here too is that uh, intersection between urban and you know the foothills right yeah I think that everybody that's here whether you know you were you were born here and stayed or left and came back or like most of us in this city came from somewhere else have a Boise story and for me it's definitely tied to the foothills it was on a run in those hills that I realized that this is this is the place I wanted to make my life and my husband and I were you know thinking we'd move somewhere else but came just for a visit and you know, then I've been lucky enough to work on conservation issues, open space issues, and you know, a lot of climate stuff over the years. But what I love so much about this city is the connection that we each have to the people in it and the place in which we live, and that you can disappear up into the hills or along the river 
and 20 minutes later be downtown having a, you know, a great meal and a drink. And to be here, you have to be intentional about being here, whether it be creating, and creating the community that you're in, thinking about how you make um, jobs work so that you can continue to live in Boise and then how you move about doing it. And that's one of the things that I love most about this place is how connected each of us is to each other to the neighborhood in which we live and the city we love. So Lauren, why do you want to be the mayor of Boise? Well, I want to be the mayor of Boise because we've come so far in 16 years, yet our city has so many new challenges. And as we move through this moment of growth, if we wanna keep what we've all just touched on as being important, that connection that we have to people in place, and that quintessential essence of Boise that nobody can quite put a word on, we're going to have to have new solutions, a new sense of urgency, and really a look back to our history where we have really connected elected officials that are authentically engaged in community to have the conversations we've got to have to move us forward. And as I was hearing in the spring, so many people that love this place that are concerned they can't find a house that they can afford, that their commutes are you know, up to an hour now where they used to be 20 minutes and it's just getting worse, I realized that it was time to have new conversations about the direction we're headed and to engage our residents in that conversation through this election. So where do you see Boise in the next 10 years? I see Boise, you know, I, as I've already said, I think that Boise is a super exciting place and I'm really optimistic about where we can head if we ask the right questions and are willing to take risks and, and try, to, try to but also foster innovation in government and recognize that the solutions are in our community. So when I think about where we're at in 10 years, I really do imagine the possibility that Boise has shown how we can build a stronger economy by embracing climate solutions, mm -hmm. that we can build a more connected, dense, and modern community that's reimagined open spaces and gathering places because we'll have to have them and people are so connected to each other. And that really overall, a, you know, a blue city and a red state can show the importance of embracing people of all walks of life from all different places, but also all political persuasions around one thing that we all share, and that's love of place. And through that, we're able to demonstrate that we can have a thriving economy, a vibrant city with 21st century policies that's truly a city for everyone. All right, so now we're going to switch a bit into campaigning. So we all work in politics. Uh, this is the first runoff race that you know I've seen. I've just you know I've only been working in Idaho politics for about uh, you know eight years or so. But this is you know the first runoff I've seen. The first runoff in Boise's history. We also have one going on in Caldwell. Um, so what is it like? You know, usually it's just done after election day, but a whole other month. It's a whole other month, so I'd say it's like if you if you run marathons, the first half of the race is 20 miles and the second half of the race is six. It really feels in many ways the same as that, but I'd say this is the same race. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, from what was it, May 20th that I announced, I've been out talking to people in coffee shops, in places of business, on their front porches, have face-to-face -face spent time with you know probably close to 5,000 people at this point. And then our volunteers have talked to so many more. And that didn't change on election night, November 5th. We got to work that evening. People signed up for shifts to continue doing what we've been doing, which is connecting authentically with voters in a conversation about our future. And we've, with our volunteer army, have spent the last two weeks and we'll spend the next two weeks doing the same. 
So it's not two elections or a different election. Really, we should have been having, as all candidates, I believed were, conversations with the voters about our visions from the time a candidate got in the race Mm -hmm. back in the spring. Mm -hmm. So what has been your uh, favorite part of campaigning? My favorite part really has been the the conversations I've had with residents throughout the city. I, you know, I said at City Club, I'm definitely an introvert, and I never really understood how I got into this business or, you know, why I always found myself in roles where I was working with people to, you know, drive issues and change for our community. And I really didn't know what it would be like or if I ever could be a candidate that could continue just to talk with lots of people. And what I found is that I love it. And it's that personal connection, that kind of face-to-face conversation that you can have at doors or in listening sessions. On the street now, people will yell out when I'm biking by, stuff and talk, that I love because it's it's all centered around one thing, and that is this, this city that I love, that we all love, and our hopes and dreams for it, our families and friends in the future. And so that's truly been my most favorite part. Who's had the biggest impact on your career? in your life on my overall career yeah I guess so (laughs) that's a good question um you know along the way you always meet people that like have an impact that you don't realize till afterwards Mm -hmm. um you know that's a it's a longer question than just one person because my life has taken such interesting turns that I'm like forever grateful for Mm -hmm. um and um you know, the first person that really, I would say, more than anything, p- turned me in the direction I'm going is is the governor of Montana, who I met in college, who invited me to come out and work on conservation issues in small communities, just for a sp- summer fellowship. And before that, I didn't know the West. I didn't know the issues. And I re- I learned so much then about this place and knew I wanted to come back somewhere and live out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I'd go to law school. And then we found Boise, and so we moved here. And, you know, since I got here, I'd say two people in particular have have been in kind of the policy realm mentors to me, and that's Wendy Jaquit, who's former minority leader, lives up in Ketchum. When I was in grad school, I was started out as an intern for her, and, you know, she opened so many different doors and was there along the way for me for so long and helping me think about who I was and what I wanted to do. Um, and then, of course, Cease. Um, I mm-hmm. was lucky enough to meet Cease when we ran the when I ran the Foothills campaign. I met him actually at a radio station where we were recording an ad. Was the first time that I met him, and I'd heard so much about him, and I was so nervous to meet him. And he was the person that makes everybody you know fall in love with him. He was just such a great guy, and through conservation issues, being on the board of the Anders Center with him. Um, and then once I came on city council, he was really a constant in terms of you know, reminding me what I cared deeply about, pushing me to feel a sense of urgency around issues, and you know, in his later days, reminding me also that um, if you feel the time's right, you have to jump in and not to wait if, if I didn't feel that I should, if I heard a calling in this community and to recognize that there's only so much time in which you can have impact. And if he would always say, if you're not going to get it done in eight to 12 years, it's not going to happen. 
and then he'd tell me I'd have plenty of time, and then he'd tell me I, had, I was no spring chicken. So it was always this <laughs> back and forth with him. But, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of the environment, and we loved the landscape and, you know, that wilderness area that's now named for, for him is a special place to my family. And so both he and Wendy have had the biggest impact on me in terms of how I think about conservation and the intersection of you know, our future in the state, how I've thought about and focused on building relationships across party lines, and then you know, my understanding of how important it is to stay grounded in community and connected to people. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, what's an accomplishment um, in your career that you're most proud of? You know, it's when I think about lasting impact, it's definitely looking back on what I was able to help build with the first Foothills Levy and what that leaves for those who come beyond, you know, behind and beyond us for our communities. Being able to, in a time when People said it wasn't possible when the establishment was against the idea that I, I was able to, you know, with a ragtag band of people that love this place, make it possible to set aside open space for generations will something, be something I've always been really proud of. And as a council member, my work on, you know, moving our city into thinking about how we take the challenges of climate and turn them into opportunities to build our economy will be something I think probably 10, 20 years from now I'll, I'll be especially proud of because it was pivotal and so necessary for us to thrive in, in the long term. Great. Um, what advice would you give to your past self when you ran your first campaign? Well, you know, it's funny because this is really the first campaign that I've had that feels truly like a campaign because the first two, I didn't have opposition. And so, you know, when I, somebody else asked me, what would, what would you say to your 10-year-old self? And I started thinking about all these Girl Scouts that were in City Hall in February, and they wanted to ask me why there were no women on the wall of mirrors. So I told them about Carolyn, who you can't really see because there's just one woman in all those mayors, and she was there for a short amount of time. Um, and I would say to them, and I'd want to say to myself, like, you can do this. And don't let this notion that you don't have enough experience or that it's not your time or that you need to wait your turn or that you don't want to rock the boat prevent you from jumping into something if you have something to say and know that you have something to offer. All right. If there was one thing you'd like our listeners to walk away from this podcast with, what would it be? One thing to walk away from, the, the you know, I'd say more than anything is worth, is worth thinking about this, a Democratic podcast, and we talked about campaigning, and not so much about me, but the walk away would be that each of us as Democrats and progressives have an important role to play in, the, in where our city and state heads, and it's a long, tough row ahead for us to see what we probably all want to see in the state statewide. But by investing in peers and leaders 
you know, on commissions and neighborhood associations and banding together to have conversations and normalizing the values that we all share and believing that, you know, through the hard work, one, we have something to say, but two, we can do it if we organize right, that we will see and be, well, I guess I'd say we'll be able to show that, you know, solid policy, oh, shoot, is that me? (laughs) Okay, so I'll start over. Sure. Let's start over on that one. We can just keep it authentic and just keep rolling with it. I'm fine with that. That's, true. That's always my style. Just roll with this it. This is real. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Go for so it. So I'll try to talk faster too. The walk away piece would be that as Democrats in the state, it's always going to be hard to feel that we're making progress. But we've come far in the last 10 and 20 years. And we have a lot to offer this community. And I believe that by... Um, working together, digging in and taking on kind of tough challenges, but also building relationships with those um, that might disagree with us, we'll be better positioned to show that our solutions really will carry our city, our, our region, and our state um, forward to ensure that everyone in this state has an opportunity to you know find a job and make, and make a living. And we it's incumbent on all of us to think about how we do that here at home, but also talk about the values that we hold dear, regardless of whether or not they impact the work that we're doing, so that we can have more and more conversation about those values and more and more people start to be able to connect them um, with the future of this place that we all care so deeply about. And that's all we have for this episode with Councilwoman Lauren McLean. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Shelby. And we will catch you on part two of this runoff series with Mayor Dave Beter. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.